David had been on a, a long journey, a huge journey. King, they had said he would be. Samuel had come and, and Samuel had anointed him with oil, chosen him out of all the brothers. David, the one who had been out in the back paddocks with the sheep, Samuel had come. There must be another son amongst you, Samuel had said. And, and Jesse had said, I have no more sons. Well, I suppose there's one out in the back paddock. And they bring David in. This is the one. They anoint him with oil, this young boy. They anoint him with oil at the age of 17 and say, you shall be king. David's elated. He's moved. He's excited. And he begins the journey that will prepare him for kingship. A part of that training is that he has to go and live in Saul's house. The one who is king now. And Saul hates him with a passion. Saul's jealous of him. Saul actually wants to kill him. David plays his music, trying to soothe Saul, trying to soothe the demons of jealousy and anger and bitterness, but he can't calm this man down. Finally, he has to flee for his life. And he's running and he's running and he's running from Saul. And Saul's trying to kill him. And Saul's got armies after him, trying to find him. Now Saul is obsessed with getting David. David had an opportunity. He had his men around him. And he saw Saul go into a, car, into a cave to relieve himself alone. And David snuck in behind him. And just to be cheeky, just cut the hem of his garment and took it away. And as he came outside the cave, he was grieved. God, what have I done? I've touched your anointed one. God, forgive me for what I have done. And his men are saying, you should have killed him while you had a chance. No, I'll never touch God's anointed one, he said. And Saul comes out of the cave and David yells out to him, I could have killed you, Saul. If I was as bad as what you say I am, I would have killed you right then and there. But look, I hold your garment and I didn't kill you. And Saul retreats. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. David's on his way. He's frustrated. Goes to a place called Kamel. In the desert. Has his mighty men all around him. David's mighty men. David's mighty men. Look at them. Bunch of vagabonds. Broke. Distressed. Discouraged. He has to lift them up every day just to keep them going. This is my mighty man. Yes, I'm going to be king. Sure thing. And here I am. King David. Woo! On the night watch. Watching some other man's sheep. Watching some other man's shepherds as they sleep. Just so I can eat. And his stomach began to grumble. So hungry. So tired. How long, God? 13 years since you anointed me with oil. 13 years. I'm going to be turning 30 soon. 13 years. Look what I have. I'm filthy. I'm dressed in rags. I'm starving. 
these men all around me, good men. Yeah, look after me, good men. 600 of them I had, 600. Not really a kingdom, but good enough for now, 600. I remember the days, I remember the days when I was a somebody. They used to talk about me, you know. They used to talk about me in the streets. David killed the bear, killed the lion with his bare hands. And what about Goliath? Don't you remember that? God, Goliath, you know, I was great. I thought that'd be it. I thought I'd chop Goliath's head off. They'd put the crown on my head and I'm here. But here I am in a desert with these smelly men, no food, hungry, watching another man's sheep, watching another man's shepherds so I might beg some food from him. And Nabal, he's not a great man anyway. I mean, he owns all this land. He's got sheep, cattle. He's got He's got the beautiful wife. Whoa. You should see his wife. She's beautiful. Well, I don't know why she married this vagabond. He owns all this stuff. And here I am looking after his stuff so I can get a feed for my men. I'm a king. <laughs> this is my throne, this rock, this sand under my feet, my palace. It's been a long time. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. God, I've done everything you've asked me to do. How long? How long, God? How long? How much more can I take? How much longer? The promises seem so far away. Maybe they'll never happen. Maybe it's just a joke. Maybe it never meant to be. Strengthen me by your mighty right hand. Forgive me for my grumbling. God, lift me up again. Let remember my youthful vigor for you, my songs that I sang to you. God, be there for me, I pray. Be there for me. David hasn't even noticed the sun was coming up and the men just began to awaken and grumbling we're starving we're starving david what are we gonna do we need to eat bring 10 men give me 10 men 10 men and 10 men came to him he said right now i want you to go down to nabal's house and tell him go in my name david has sent us and tell him who i am 
And then say this to him. We've been looking after all your sheep. We've been looking after all your shepherds. And all we ask in return, not money, we just ask for some food for our men. And, and may, may God bless you. May God bless your land. May God bless everything you touch. Go tell him that and bring back the food for the men. So the 10 men went out. They went down to Nabal. Nabal, sir, we come in the name of David. And they told him the story. Nabal was outraged. What? Who the heck is David anyway? And he pretended not to know who he was. But then he gave himself away when he said, Who is this son of Jesse anyway? Everyone had heard that David had been anointed as king. Everyone knew David, but this man had no honor in him. And he said to the ten men, Go away and leave me. I will not feed you. I don't care what you've done for me. Go and tell David now, get off my land, no food. Now, you've got to understand, this was the greatest insult you could give. Not only did he not recognize who he was, he said to him, I have heard that many men are pulling away from their masters these days. He'd accused David of the very thing that he had not done because David had been faithful. And the men went back. They were scared to go to David. David. He said no. He said no. He said no. He said no. No food. Well, he actually, he said that I've heard that a lot of men are pulling away from their masters. Now, this actually meant you're a nobody. You're a nothing. You're the scum of the earth. That's what he was saying. David was outraged. David freaked out. He began to lose it. He began to lose it. He controlled himself. He didn't kill Saul. He controlled himself for 13 years. But the anger, the anger, the frustration was starting to well up inside him. He said, give me 400 of my 600 men and tell them to arm themselves with swords. For we will kill every man in his camp and we'll ride out this day. Now go now. David was about to risk everything. One moment of anger. One moment where he lost it. Everybody needs a somebody in their lives when they reach that point. This somebody for David was a woman named Abigail. What? What did my husband do? Oh, I can't believe him. Why did I marry him? 
He is a disgrace. He's a disgrace. I've prayed for David for years. I prayed for him for years that he would come into his kingship. This Saul is such a bad king. We need David. We need David. I've been on my knees praying for him. I must fix this. Not because I want to save Nabal. Nabal deserves to die. And I would be free of him anyway. And he wouldn't touch me. He wouldn't touch the women and children. I'd be free to go. I'd be free of him. It's not for myself. No. No, no, no. I have to do this for David, for the kingdom. I have to do this to save the kingdom. Quickly, quickly, come. Bring my servants. I want, I want sheep enough to feed these men. I, I, I want food. I want bread. Come on, bring it, bring it, bring it. Load it up on camels and get it ready and I'll be ready to ride with it. You can't go alone, they said. I will go. I will go. Abigail, a friend in time of need. Abigail, an intercessor when David needed one. Abigail, one that was willing to lay down her own life and stand in the gap for a friend. She got on a donkey and off she rode. She was frightened. Wouldn't you be? And then she saw the dust. She saw the 400 men riding towards her with their swords drawn and David at the front. She got off her donkey. She bowed her head low and she began to walk towards them. The horses pulled up. The dust was flying and it hit her in the face. And she got down on the ground and she lay. Have mercy, David, have mercy, have mercy. Put the blame upon my shoulders. She raised herself to speak. David got down off his horse. Who is this woman? This woman that would lay down her life. We could have killed her. We could have run over her. Who is this woman? David. My husband is a fool. His name is Nabal, means foolish one. And he is foolish. And yes, He deserves to die for dishonoring you. But David, you've been anointed to be king. Is it worth it for this one fool that you would lose everything? David, I plead with you. Don't do it. Don't do it. David looked at her, amazed at this woman. It was as if the Holy Spirit had spoken through her. Woman, 
You have great wisdom, woman. And an innocent man's blood will not be on my hands this day because you, Abigail, came to intercede for the king. How many times in your life have you needed an Abigail? How many times in your life have you been an Abigail for someone else? David needed her right then and there. And she stood in the gap and changed history. Do you know what? She went back to her husband, Nabal, to tell him what had happened. And he was in a drunken stupor. She didn't bother even speaking to him. The next morning, she went, Nabal, this is what happened. Do you know Nabal went into a cold shock? His heart gave out and he died within two weeks. God took out David's enemies. David could have destroyed his whole future if he'd taken it into his own hands. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he sent word to Abigail. Abigail, David wants you to be his wife. And Abigail was rewarded, greatly rewarded, not just set free of her own bondage, but she walked into freedom, joy, and everything she'd ever longed for. See, she wasn't focused on her own problem. She wasn't focused on the Nabal. She wasn't focused on her situation. She was just living in her situation, but she saw a situation that was much bigger than hers. She saw a situation that involved someone's destiny, a situation that involved someone's life, a situation that involved the kingdom of God coming to pass on the earth. And she let go of her problem and stepped out and took a risk to stop a man of God destroying. I wonder in this room today, how many times have you needed an Abigail in your life? I mean, young person, you might have just come to Jesus and you're trying to live for him and you're doing your best to live for him and, you know, and, and, then, and then you've got this guy that you really like at school and he's hassling you to go the extra mile. Come on. Come on. You, if you love me, you would go the extra mile with me, wouldn't you? And then an Abigail comes up alongside of you. Don't do it. Don't sell yourself out. God has plans for you. God has a prince for you, princess. Don't sell yourself out for a pauper. And the Abigail leads you away. How many times have you been in, this, in, the, in, the, in the terrible place of despair? Perhaps your marriage is on the rocks. You're thinking, God, I can't stand this marriage any longer. I want out. I want out. And you're ready to, to, to sign the divorce papers. And an Abigail rings you out. I had you on my heart today. Want to talk? And they talk. And suddenly, I can make this marriage work. I reckon I can. 
I, I reckon it doesn't have to end in disaster. I think I can make it work. And Abigail stepped into your life. Sometimes that Abigail might just be the voice of the Holy Spirit. When you're in the secret place in your room and you're thinking of something that you're going to do and the Holy Spirit comes gently and says, don't go there. Maybe you're thinking about someone and you're you're having hateful thoughts, unforgiveness, bitterness, and and you're going over and over it in your mind. And the Holy Spirit says, forgive. The Abigail, Holy Spirit, forgive. And you hear the soft, still voice of the interceder. Forgive. Don't give in. Don't destroy everything. Perhaps you've been in ministry and God's called you. Perhaps you've got a calling on your life to do great things. Perhaps you've been called to other nations to minister. It's like, how long, oh God? How long? How long? And in your frustration, you go to lose it. And someone comes alongside of you and prophesies into your life. I see you. I see you go in other nations. I see the nations opening up to you. And suddenly you soften. That's right. I remember. I remember. I remember. You know, the word of God says, he wakens me morning by morning and gives me words of encouragement to pour out upon those who are weary. Words to encourage and exhort them. How many times, I wonder, have there been times in your life, and I know that there have been times in mine, where you're just at the end of yourself, and you're saying, you're just in that place like David. How much longer, God, do I have to put up with this? How much more? And then suddenly you start to feel the atmosphere change around your life, and you realize, somebody's praying, I can feel it. Somebody's praying for me. You can feel it. The atmosphere change. And somewhere in a house, somewhere in a backyard, is an innocent Abigail. She said, what is that, Lord? What? 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 What's that? Pray for Vicky? Yes, Lord. Lord, just bless Vicky. Right now, God. I pray whatever it is that's trying to get her, you would lift it off in Jesus' name. And Vicky's there. She said, what's that? Something changed. There was an Abigail in her life. You know, the Bible talks about that when one part of the body is hurting, the whole body hurts. And you know, there's times when we go through stuff in our lives where we desperately need Abigails in our lives. And I just see that anointing on so many of you. That she could be, I'm just looking around this room, I'm seeing. Now that's male and female, you know that. Okay, I'll call you like Ben's and Abigail's or something. But we need people that will stand in the gap, who will be willing to get out of their comfort zones and, and, and intercede for our destiny, intercede for our lives in Jesus' name. How many times, like right now, Mel Gibson, you know, I, I mean, I just have a heart for this guy. Here is this guy. He's gone out on a limb. He's made the most incredible movie about Jesus, the passion of Christ. He's got that out all over the whole world. People are weeping in theaters everywhere. And then, and then all the Christians are praying, go Mel, go Mel, go Mel. And as soon as the movie's finished, they stop praying for him. His Abigails go to sleep and the enemy comes in to kill and rob and destroy him. And all the Christians sit back, oh, I thought so. I thought he was like that. 
Yeah, yeah, can't trust anybody these days. Yeah, yeah, said he was a Christian, but look at him. He was a Catholic or something. Oh, that's probably what it was. He was just a Catholic. And they, instead of being Abigail, instead of saying, God, lift Mel Gibson up. Lord, lift him up to you. He's proclaimed your gospel. Don't let the enemy destroy him. Don't let the enemy mock you by destroying him. God, lift him up. Give him grace. Give him mercy. And how many times do we need that? How many times has there been someone in church that's fallen pregnant? And now the whole church, when that person just needs Abigail, come alongside. You can do this. Okay, you've fallen pregnant. We can make this work. Come on. You did, it was a mistake, but we can make it work. Come on. Get up again. You haven't lost the call of God. You've not lost your destiny. How many of you have been called to be Abigails and just feel embarrassed? Or just, just pass it off as just a funny feeling? But in actual fact, you could change someone's life. What if, just what if, what if that day, if Abigail had said, look, just let him kill him. Because I want to be free of this rat bag husband. How many women have thought that from time to time? Oh, I'd rather be free of the rat bag husband than fight for him. <laughs> All the women are just like, oh, that would never be me. <laughs> yeah. and, and the men, you know, how, how many times? Has it been where you've just fought this woman and then God gets you to fight? What if Abigail would have just said, forget it. Just forget, look, you know, what about me for a change, guys? What about me? What about me? It isn't fair. I've had enough. Now I want my share. Can't you see? What if she would have done one of those? King David may have never been king. The destiny on his life may have never been fulfilled because he would have shed innocent blood. She would have never been his wife. The whole destiny of God would not have been fulfilled. God will deal with your enemies. God will deal with those people. He will vindicate you. Get an Abigail alongside of you. Call a friend. Call a friend. Share your heart. Let's truly be the body of Christ. Let's truly share one another's burdens and not just talk about it. Let's truly, if you have someone in your heart, call them up. Send them flowers. Send them a card. Let's truly connect and be Abigails for one another. In Jesus' name, amen.